Hello and welcome to Journeys of Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we're going to continue with our study of identity. And particularly, we're going to talk about who do men say that I am? This is the scripture that Jesus spoke to the disciples over in the book of um, book of Matthew. But as we go to that and have a subtext of it, it's about not only about who do we say Christ is, but who do we say we are. And again, it's all about identity. The identity that we have in Christ and knowing that we find our identity in him. It's in the scripture where Jesus found out who he was. And in the in the word of God is where we find out who we are. For when we realize who we are, what God has called us for, what God has given us. And I heard a, a man of God said that when you believe right, you can do right. You can act right. You will, you will, uh, your faith will be established. But the, but the foundation of it is your beliefs are what's in your heart. For Jesus said, out of, out, of the, out, of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what you believe is in you. So when we have wrong believing, it needs to be replaced with right believing. And right believing can only be um, uh, captured and, and grown within us when we understand the scripture and what God has said about us. And then what it, not only about what he said, but it's what we believe. And what we believe, we say. And again, the scripture says, out of the abundance, out of the things of our heart, we speak out. And people learn you. They learn you. They learn your, your, your personality comes out. And I agree, I believe that they can, uh, you, you, you can be observed, but it comes more about what you say. All right. So let's again now, let's start in the book of Matthew, Matthew 16, verse number 13. Matthew 16, verse 13. Talking about identity and first about what Jesus asked the disciples about who they said he was, what the world said, what the disciples said. And then we're going to transition over uh, to end the study today. Matthew 16, verse 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say I, the son of man, am? So in other words, he was saying, what's the word on the street? What are people saying about me? And what have you heard them say? So um, uh, when we hear things, uh, that the scripture says that we are not only we have to be careful about the things that we hear, what we allow to come into our ear gate. Because what, can, what we hear goes to our heart and it's what we speak. So if we have to guard our heart, guard our heart, man. And whenever anything comes to us or any thought comes, Thoughts are put down by words. You cannot think a thought and say a contrary thought, contrary word rather, and keep that thought. So when the enemy brings a thought, you're going to be sick. You're going to catch COVID. You're going to lose your job. Your marriage is falling apart. All of these things he will bring to you. <clears throat> but when we stay established, excuse me, uh, upon the word of God and say within ourselves, I reject that. Because that's not what God has promised me in grace. These are not the words that Christ spoke over me. So again, Jesus said, who do men say I, the son of man, am? In the 13th verse. Now he goes to 14 and the disciples begin to uh, compare him to others. And that's a thing that we're going to talk about here. It says, they said, some say, and it's amazing, just like they, they and some. I wonder who they are. Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say you are Elias or Elijah. 
Others say you're Jeremiah. Uh, that's another way of saying Jeremiah or one of the prophets. They were comparing him to men who had come before. But I want to just put this thought in your mind that God does not create duplicates. He doesn't need a copy. We don't need another Eric Hubbard. We don't need another you. Because God made you individual. He made you special. He made you a custom made. And you don't believe it? Have someone check your DNA. Nobody in this on this earth has your DNA, have your fingerprints, even the very your eyes and your face structure. There's nobody, even a, a dumb computer can can determine your face and distinguish your face from anyone else. They have, uh, I believe, it's one of the, one of the phones that can you know take a picture or an image of your face, and that that image will unlock your phone. That tells you how unique we are. And these men were comparing him and say, Jesus, they say you, John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist was dead. All of these men they named, John the Baptist, Elias, Elias or Elijah, Jeremiah, or all of the prophets, all these men were gone. And they would say, you are like them. But they didn't realize who they had in the midst. They didn't realize who Jesus was to them and what he was going to become for them. And this is where I believe many of us have we get, we are, are, are receiving less than, less than what our inheritance that God has supplied for us. Every inheritance must be received. A good father will leave, or a father that has the capability, he will leave something for his children. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children, children's children. Meaning you're going to leave something of worth to them. And not just bills or the funeral bill. But you're going to leave something for them and they can say, this is what grandpa left us so that we can get a head start. And many of us, um, our, our, uh, many have, you, you, your grandfather left you land or he left you a car. He might have left you some, uh, some, some money or jewelry or your grandmother left you a house or whatever the case may be. But they didn't want you to start where they started. But they want you to be able to stand on their shoulders as your children will stand on on, their sh on, on your shoulders so that they will not have to start from zero, but they can have be launched out. And that's what we as parents must do. And this is what God did with his son. Jesus didn't want us to fight the battle. None of us have to fight the battle that Jesus fought. He said, when you're done all to stand, stand there for. Meaning, I fought the battle for you. You stand on what I said. If you believe it, you'll possess it, and you will have it. So, in the 14th verse, everybody said you're John the Baptist. Somebody said you're Elijah. Others said you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But everybody was making a comparison. And I believe the Corinthians says that we make error when we compare ourselves among ourselves. He says when you do that, you're unwise. Because many of us, you know, you, we all can know somebody that's worse off than us. Maybe their marriage, well, my marriage is not as bad as theirs. At least I don't do. Or I didn't do what she did. At least I didn't do. Or, you know, I might have went to prison, but I didn't stay as long as they did. Or, you know, I, 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 my, my grades may be bad, but they're not as worse as his or not as worse as hers. We always compare ourselves to others. But when you don't compare yourself to excellence, when you compare yourself to Christ, all of us come up short. Every one of us. For Romans 3 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we all know, by the grace of God, we are reconciled with him. 
And that's what I mean by what Jesus did for us. We stand with him now. We are the sons and daughters of God. We are the kings and priests of God. And when we can say this and we begin to believe right, then we can live right. We can, we can, uh, uh, we'll have the things that God have for us. God has for us, rather. So in the fifth verse, Jesus asks another question. He says, but what do you say? Or rather, whom you say that I am? In other words, what do you think? You've been with me for some time. What do you think? Who do you think I am? In your heart, who am I? And this is something when some people, have, they, 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 they travel the road with him. They saw him work miracles. They all knew that most of them knew the scripture. They all could. The Jewish boys and, uh, were raised in the temple or in the synagogue. And all of them, to, at a certain age, they learned uh, the first five books of the, uh, of, of the Bible. And they, many of them knew, not only that, they went beyond the, uh, the Pentateuch, which, uh, which starts in Genesis and goes all the way up to Numbers and Joshua. And they began to talk from Genesis to Exodus and Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. And those five books, they learned them. And they learned them, uh, and they learned the history of Israel, and they learned the Psalms, and they learned about the prophets. So they had knowledge of a Savior. They had knowledge of Messiah coming. And this is what these men were looking for. They were looking for Messiah, and then when they walked with Jesus, they saw the things that he did. They saw him heal, deliver, set free, bless. He turned water into wine. He stopped the funeral procession. And raise a, a, a widow's son. He called his friend Lazarus. Having been dead for three days. He called him out of the grave. And yet when he asked him. This is. Who do you say that I am? And Philip got. A, I mean Peter rather. Got a revelation in the 16th verse. He said you are the Christ. The son of the living God. Peter got a revelation. He heard from God. Most of the time, Peter spoke. He, he, he shot from the hip. He was the first thing to say, yeah, Lord, I'll go. I'll die for you, Jesus. All these things uh, uh, that people will say. But Peter heard from God. That was the 16th verse. The 17th verse, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to, unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And this is what I want you to, uh, all of us need to get in our hearts, that we all were called for a mission. We were called unto God for a purpose. All of us were born, and, and, and it was uh, uh, by the grace of God we are alive to see 2021. You know, many have gone. Many of us, we have friends and loved ones who you would expect, you know, they lived a good life. You know, they, they did try to do the right things. But for whatever the case may be, they're gone today. And our hearts are, heart are, are broken, and, and, and we see, and we wonder, why did this happen? Why did that happen? But God has a plan for you. If you're still here, there's a plan for you. But if we see all of these things happening, as Jesus talked about in uh, Matthew 24, about the signs of the end and the signs of the times, we have to know that we were born for such a time as this. As Mordecai told Esther over in the book of Esther, he said, you were born for now. This is your time. You are born. Why? If you are here, God knows you can handle this. You can deal with earthquakes. Just like we had in Haiti uh, earlier part of this week. Fire uh, seemed like a firestorm. 
fires all over the Midwest, hurricanes coming up from the Gulf. We hear about wars over in, in the Middle East, how the Taliban have come back through and taken over in uh, Afghanistan. Looks like Israel and Iran could go to battle. We could wake up tomorrow morning and another war has started because Iran has determined they're going to they're going to uh, uh, create a nuclear bomb, and Israel said, oh, no, you won't. They're going to do everything they can to stop Iran from having a, a nuclear bomb because they know they will be held hostage if Iran is able to do this. But all of these things are going on, and that doesn't count all the other skirmishes that been, that, that's happening. Who would imagine that you would ever see a, a, a riot in the United States and where the capital is being overrun? by people who disagree about what the election and what happened. No matter where you stand, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian, none of us would, would have stood here today and said, you know what? We live in a country that's governed by rules. But yet we see all these things happening. People, innocent people gunned down in the street. Children losing their lives just playing in the play yard. And people just... Stomping out their lives and killing them just for a high, just to get the thing, to get them a high or get the money uh, from selling the high. Lives are worth nothing. But in this scripture that we read today, if you are a born again believer, you better know Jesus is coming soon. But in going back to the scripture, let's get back to, to the lesson today. Jesus told Simon, uh, Simon Peter rather, that God gave you a revelation. He said, my father in heaven gave this to you in verse number 17. Then in the 18th verse, he says, Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No, so what was he talking about? He was talking about the revelation that Jesus is the son of God. Now, Peter was called the rock. But the church isn't built on Peter. The church is built upon the foundation stone, which is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yes, Peter was an important part of the, of the newborn church spreading out the world. So was uh, all of the other disciples and the apostles. But the rock that the church was built on is Jesus Christ. And this is the revelation. And this is what we as believers must stand on as a foundation. No matter what the next variant of COVID-19 is, no matter what we wake up tomorrow and see and hear, fear is tormenting not only the world, it's tormenting the church. Many of our brothers and sisters refuse to go back to church because, they are, because of fear. And I know we have to be, we, we need to be and, 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 and have to be wise. We have to be wise in our decisions. But we do all, look at all the things that we do. We go to Walmart. We go to the grocery store. We go to the mall. We go to the, uh, the birthday party. We go everywhere but to church. Oh, no, too many germs there. Our children go to school, many of them. We do all of these things. We go to work because we need money. But we don't go to church. Let's read on. In the 19th verse, he says, and I will give unto thee the key to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Jesus was talking about the power and the authority that he was given to the newborn church. The church that would be, that would rise up as he came out of the grave, we too come out of the grave. He died for, when he died on that cross, we died on the cross. When he died, he died for us. When he took on sin, he took our sin. But when he came up victorious, we were victorious. And we are victorious. And all of these things came because Jesus knew who he was. Then the 19, 20th verse says, then he charged his disciples. He told them, said, look, don't tell anybody that I am the Christ. And he begins to tell them something about all the things that was gonna, he's going to suffer. The middle part of that 21st verse says, how that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and he was going to be raised again the third day. See, Jesus knew, as Revelation 13 says, he was the lamb slain from the very foundation of the earth. That's why it was called that time from the Last Supper up until his uh, resurrection. It was called his passion. In other words, Jesus was born for this. He was born to die. But not just to die, but to die and become sin and raise again, be raised again for our being sinless. Because he died taking on our sin, but he rose bringing us up in victory. So here in this 21st verse, he tells them everything to look. I've got to go through some things. I've got to suffer some things. And if you can take the time to read uh, St. Uh, St. John 14, 15, and 16, you'll read how he says, he told his disciples that, you know, let not your heart be troubled. And this is what I say today. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. This is what Jesus was saying. If you believe in God, know you will triumph over COVID. If you believe in God, know that you can walk out of your front door, going to work, saying, Lord, I've got them. I, I, you've given this, me this assignment to take care of my family. I trust you, Lord, that I'm going to go and come back and be safe. And I will not bring any disease in my house. No weapon, as Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Let me go and read that. Isaiah uh, 54 and verse number uh, 17. Let me get there quickly. Let's abide with me just a, just a little bit as I turn over to Isaiah 54 and 17. And this is what the preacher was, this is what uh, the prophet was talking about. And what he said, no weapon, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper. He didn't say, the prophet didn't say weapons wouldn't be formed. He didn't say that people would try to drag your name through the mud. He didn't say they would make false accusations against you. He didn't say that uh, you will never have a wreck, that you'll never have financial issues, that you'll never have problems on your job. He didn't say that. But what he did say, that if it's formed, it shall not prosper. Well, you said, preacher, I lost my job. God will get you a better job. Preacher, my marriage fell apart. I don't know where that came from. God's got better. And some people say, well, I just can't live because of my marriage. And all, all of us, want we want our marriage to last until Jesus comes or, or until death. 
But know this. Marriage will not be in heaven. Marriage and giving in marriage won't be in heaven. And some folks say, well, you know, I just got to have this and got to have that. But when you put your focus on Christ and know, for God I live and for God I die. And I live for him. I trust him. This is what we've been talking about over the last few weeks when we're talking about uh, the word of God and about not only knowing it, meditating on it, and then living it. See, Jesus, there's a scripture in the New Testament, uh, as Paul said, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. See, you can hear a whole lot of truth. You can hear a whole lot of word. But to come to the knowledge of is, is when it becomes the word that you hear becomes your believing. It becomes where you trust in the word that you've heard and you stand on it. And you come to a place to where you say, Lord, you said this, I believe this, and I'm willing to, to, uh, to suffer the consequences because I'm trusting in your word. And believe me, saints, as we live, as we go about, as this world begins to come to a close now, this current uh, 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 life situation that we have, rapture is going to come. Jesus will come and is coming. And the next phase is going to start. And we know we don't know as a tribulation. Some folks say, well, I don't believe that. I believe that, that, that the church is going to live through tribulation. That's going to be raised that, uh, the, in the middle of the tribulation. The church is going to rise up and go into heaven. And that's when the church will be raptured. Well, you know what? You can believe that. I'm going to tell you like one of my, 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 my uh, favorite preachers say, I'm going out on the first load. And that is not tribulation. But we'll see. The song, as, as I'll say today, just keep living. We'll see. But I'll tell you what, if Jesus comes before tribulation and you're one of those people that was misinformed and he said, are you coming? I guarantee you, you will not turn him down. So we read on. Uh, going back to, it says, the rest of that said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, what did he say? You shall condemn. That's why I say every thought can be put down with a word. We must reject the order of the world. The world says that uh, uh, you know you're gonna you you everybody's got to go through this. When you get old, you know you got you lose this, you lose taste. You you know your your arthritis comes, and you know you lose your memory, and your body stops functioning, and you slow down, and you you know your memory, you can't remember things, and you know next thing you know is Alzheimer or uh, or whatever else that uh, that that whatever disease or the new disease they discovered that is gonna come on you. That's just natural. That is not according to scripture. The Bible said that Moses lived 120 years. His eyesight was not dim, nor his steps. Natural force abated. So in other words, he still was a strong man. The day he died, Moses at 120 walked walked up a mountain. 120 years old, he walked up a mountain. For many of us, because we have given in to the world, And we have capitulated. That's another way of saying we've given up. We've stopped fighting. We stopped resisting. But the Bible says resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Sickness is not from God. 
Yes, we will grow old, grow older in age. That is inevitable. Everybody, if you live long enough, you're gonna you're gonna get older. But it does not mean that you have to be old and decrepit and 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 feeble. That's not scripture. That's not Bible. And some say, well, we're gonna see. Everybody go through things. Everybody, I agree. Things will come. But you said the right word. Go through. When you go through, you come through. You come to the other side. You don't go through all of your life. There should be a time to where you come out of it. Yes, there will be trials. The Bible says a righteous man falls several times. But the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Every fall, every temptation, every, everything that will come against you, God will deliver you. No, I can't give you a day. But he said, I will deliver you. And as we know, he said, every tongue that rises against thee, thou shalt condemn. Why? Because this is the heritage. God said, this is the promise. This is what I've left for you. A heritage is just like a will or something that's ingrained. It's my heritage. You know, you're born into a heritage of the family. It's the family traits that you see. Well, this is a wonderful family trait that comes from the family of God that where anything that rises up, we quickly say, that does not have any foundation here. I reject that in Jesus' name. No, it doesn't mean that we deny sickness or we deny when things come on us. But what we will do is say, you know what? What does, what does grace say about this? What does the Bible say about this? And if God has a promise for it, if I were you, I would take it. So we continue on with uh, the book of Matthew, chapter six, chapter uh, uh, 16, as we go down now to verse number uh, 22. So Jesus now is described in the 21st verse. He told them about how he had to die, be, uh, uh, suffer many things of the scribes and, and the elders, priests and elders, rather, and the scribes, and be killed, raised again the third day. The 22nd verse, Peter begins to rebuke him and said, Lord, be this far from you. He said, be this far from thee, Lord. This thing shall not be. And the issue with that, on a human side, on a fleshly side, you say, you know what? That was just Peter showing his love and care for Christ, Jesus, not wanting him to suffer. But Peter didn't. He just had a revelation before he heard God. Now, Peter is speaking out of his flesh. That's why we've got to perceive not just hear God's word, but perceive in our heart what is the plan of God for me, and what is His what is my uh, uh, what is my future? Where is God leading me and taking me? And that's why I said earlier, Jesus knew His path, and His path was that He would be born of a virgin, live a, a, a sinless life, preach the, the the gospel of the new church, and then He had to die for the whole world for us. To receive the benefit of a life well lived. But Peter didn't understand it. He didn't hear it. He heard God the first time. Now he says, oh no Lord. I know, what, I know what you're saying. But what you're saying is not right. Imagine. The pride that he had. By telling the word of God. You are wrong. That's why I say many people. Who speak against the word. That's nothing but pride. When Jesus tells you that by my stripes you are healed, oh, healing passed away. 
how you know that, that there's power in receiving the Holy Spirit. All the Holy Spirit passed away with the with the uh, uh, the gifts of the Spirit passed away with the apostles and the and the, and the elders. That's not for today. That's nothing but pride when you speak out of your own will, rather than yielding to the will of God. And what did Jesus tell him? He uh, said, but he turned and said to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense unto me." For thou savors not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Why? Because scripture says, first in uh, Isaiah 61, this same scripture was quoted in, uh, in Luke 14, 18. What did Jesus say in, in uh, Luke 61, I'm sorry, Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And the final phrase, phrase says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What was Jesus doing? He said, this is my destiny. This is what God sent me to do, and this passion, this path which God had laid out, I am going to finish it. You say, well, that doesn't say anything about him dying. Well, glad you said that. Isaiah 61, 53 rather, verse 1. Isaiah 53, verse 1. The prophet says, who has believed our report? And to whom? In other words, who's perceived what the, what the, uh, arm of the Lord has revealed. Now he begins to talk about Jesus. For he shall grow up before him as a tender root, tender plant, a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor commonness when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, Jesus was just a common man, common looking man. Now most of us, if, if, if we were the son of God, very God wrapped up in flesh, we would have been the most beautiful specimen of a human being that ever walked the earth. But God came meek and lonely. He made himself plain so that people could relate to him. Now we know the beauty of God and the love of God is beyond comparison. But God said, I'm going to wrap myself up and walk and be a man. Not walk as a man. He was a man. He was God in flesh. But he left all of his of his power because his body couldn't, his fleshly body couldn't contain it. But yet Jesus knew who he was because he knew scripture. Third verse says, he, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as our faces from him. For he was despised and we esteemed him not. The only thing he was, he was rejected. They hated him. Several times they tried to kill him. One time they tried to throw him off a high mountain because he dare say, dare say rather, that he was the great I am. Fourth verse says, surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. He carried all of our sins and sorrows. He took it all on. Yet we did not esteem him. Stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted with all of our junk. The fifth verse says, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
and the chastisement of his of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And the last verse says, Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. All of us, at one point or another. If you were born into this world, you were born a sinner. Why? Because we all were born with the nature of Adam. That one man's sin, as Romans says, made us all sinners. And if one man could make us all sinner, this one righteous man dying for us has made us all righteous if we will receive it. See, every gift, again, must be received. If you don't receive it, it just lies there dormant on the table, unused. And he says, oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned our own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is what Peter at this moment was blind to. He only saw, oh Lord, not just happened. But he didn't realize that this was Jesus' mission. And I say again, if, who do you say he is? Peter said he was the Christ, but he didn't understand his mission. People think they know you. They can look back and see your past. They can see your failures, your errors, your missteps, everything that you did. But Jesus says, I'm here for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He knows your, your failures. He knows your faults. And yet he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never. But you have to receive him. Again, I say, who do you say he is? Is he your Lord? See, we Americans, we really don't understand um, um, governmentally what a king is. A king owns everything. He owns everything within his jurisdiction. Everything. You live by his pleasure. At his word, things are done. That's what a king does. That's what royalty does. They speak, and it is carried out. But I say again, who do you say? What do you say? Is he your king? I want to tell you he's coming. Any day now. Any day now, rapture will come. And many will be kept sleeping. Many will say, oh, you know, one day. One day. Someday. As my daughter told me when I always make that example, I promised her a dog. She said, Daddy, when you going to get me a dog? I said, oh, one day. When you going to get me a dog, Dad? When you going to get us a dog? I said, one day, baby. And one day she told me, Daddy, one day, one day means never, doesn't it? I say again, who do you say? What do you say when it comes to Christ? I pray you accept him today as Lord and as Savior. For he's already died for your sins. He's done all the work. And he has given you the faith to step out and say, Lord, I surrender. Come into my heart. I receive you. Be my Lord and my Savior. I pray that prayer for you today in every voice that hears me. Not only for salvation, but also for healing and deliverance. Jesus is a healer. Isaiah 53 said, by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we were healed. Jesus healed you 
2,000 years ago. Only thing you need to do is receive it. Father, I pray that all those who hear us today, I pray they will receive the word, that the word will be put in their hearts, and that this right thinking will change their heart, and they will be washed and cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in Journeys in Grace. Amen.